I, I took out money from uh, my personal retirement account twice. I, I took one out, it was September, because I didn't know how long it was going to take. And uh, I didn't take, you know, a substantial amount, but I took some and, and that didn't last me. And I took another one out in uh, January because there's no clarity. We don't know when we're coming back. So talking yeah. like low five figures or? Um, no, almost six figures I took out. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Episode 53, I bring in two of my buddies, Sevag and Sahag, from Grand Slam Tickets. They've been around for nearly 20 years. Business was good until, of course, COVID hits. Now, this industry has taken a huge, huge toll. Think about it, right? All sporting events are shut down. All concerts shut down. All festivals shut down. 13 straight months, they didn't sell a dollar. They didn't sell a ticket for 13 straight months. This is a story about two brothers with extreme passion, perseverance, and the know-how how to get through this thing. It wasn't easy. I mean, they're kind of in the same boat as, as restaurants. At least restaurants had some sort of revenue, even though they were probably operating at a loss. These guys had zero, man. And they had debt to pay. They had inventory to pay for. They had to send tickets back along with funds back to their customers. I mean, this is a big, big deal. Their business could have fell apart. They made it. And it, they went through a lot of obstacles to make it. And you, you'll hear the story right now. So let's get to it. But, oh, prior to that, we've got a promo code. Promo code GrandSlamTIX.com. Promo code is podcast. You get 15% off. That's awesome. So 15% off. All sporting events are open around the country now. Concerts are coming back. Festivals are coming back. So use that promo code. Or you can also call them at 877-SLAM-TIX. 877-SLAM-TIX. Just mentioned podcast. They'll get you 15% off your next event. Let's get to episode 53. Sevag and Saha Grand Slam tickets. Let's go. I wanted to kind of bring you guys in because a lot of people don't realize what you guys have gone through, what the entertainment business has gone through in the last 12 months. You guys are in the ticket business and you guys rely on sporting events and dude, sporting events were gone for 12 straight months. How the hell did you guys survive this thing? You want to take this one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Can't lie. Completely rough time. Our lives changed overnight. I mean, just grinding, man. Just grinding. No income for 13 months straight. Same expenses there. We had a bunch of money tied up to inventory. Pandemic hit, live entertainment stopped. And now we got to refund customers. So that was the first step. Yeah, that was the first step because no, nobody tells you what to do. You know, you kind of have to figure out on your own. So the first thing we wanted to do is uh, we wanted to refund all our customers because we didn't want any headaches. We didn't want any uh, customer service issues or anything like that. I know some other sites like StubHub and, and Vivid, they actually kept the money uh, of the customers and uh, they wanted to push credits for future events. I, I think they were doing refunds within six months. I, I didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that. We Did they wanted... get away with that? Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. There was a lot of backlash uh, in the beginning. And I know StubHub went through upper management changes because uh, of the backlash and how they were handling things. 
Yeah, but uh, they, they didn't issue credits at first to uh, customers. Uh, we did a complete opposite thing. We gave everybody's ma- money back right away. And uh, it was kind of tough for us because um, I didn't want to spook anybody out. I didn't want to spook our merchant account out. X amount of money going out in a matter of a few days because there's hundreds of thousands of dollars going out in a matter of a few days because uh, we do this one uh, tennis tournament that was the first thing to get canceled. And then uh, within a week, the NBA started canceling games. The NHL started canceling games. It was uh, wow. refund after refund. Yeah, and we didn't even wait to get our refunds back from the teams. Correct. We gave it to our clients before getting our own refund back. Yeah. So it was uh, pretty much floating. You know, we, we were dishing our own money out to, to refund the customers. And we wanted to make everybody whole. And then worry about ourselves as kids did you guys ever think you'd be selling tickets no never no absolutely not how'd no. you get into it how did it start we had charger season seats we were like young we were like 21 and we signed up for charger season seats we used to go down to san diego for the football games every weekend and uh the games that we didn't attend we would uh list on ebay mm. and uh we realized there was a market for for tickets we started to dabble with laker tickets I remember it was one night that, that changed everything around. Uh, if you remember, it was uh, Derek Fisher's shot with... Uh, San Antonio? Yeah, that yeah. San Antonio game. 0.4? 0.04. Yeah, that was nuts. That was... And, and, and to this day, we have that picture up on our office, on our wall. And uh, that overnight, we made that decision to change. Because um, I, uh, I remember that night clearly. At that time, everything was all hard tickets. And that day, I was going around b- before the game started collecting paying season ticket holders for their seats because if the lakers won that game they would come back here for a game six in in la so after i collected all these tickets came back home and at that time the only exchange to list tickets on was ebay stuff up really wasn't a thing back then craigslist how about craigslist there was craigslist but it wasn't it it wasn't a big market at the time we we only used ebay at that time i remember listing all of our tickets up on ebay which wasn't much at that time we only had like 10 tickets after that game finished uh can you not like we sold our, our 10 tickets within a matter of hours and we cleared ten thousand profit yeah in a matter of a couple of hours we got a business here yeah. boys yeah I, I changed yeah everything changed that night you know i was uh, uh i had already quit my job and was kind of messing around with tickets i told my brother you know what this is it we got to do this full time and then uh, he ended up quitting his job within a week what were you guys doing I was working for a real estate investment firm in Orange County. So I was basically doing data analysis, balance sheets, income statements, stuff like that. So I had free time on my hands because I was on a computer all the time. So for, um, you know, what was this? Probably like 2002 to Mm -hmm. 2004 when we started the business, I was buying tickets because I was in front of a computer all the time. So I was just tracking markets and buying tickets and when that night happened, I was already kind of on my way out. And mm. that kind of gave it a push. And I'm like, okay, this is for real right now. You know, if we made this kind of money, because shoot, I think I had to work three months to make that kind of money back then. And I just gave it up and we just put all our eggs in one basket and we just yeah, rolled with it. We never looked back after yeah. that. What were you doing? I had a corporate and marriage good job. Uh, I was in finance uh, as a financial analyst. I had quit that job because I didn't like corporate America. I was thinking about going to law school. I took the LSAT and applied for a, a bunch of law schools. I was messing around with tickets, you know, just 
not business, just doing it for fun. And I thought that uh, I would do this through uh, law school if I went to law school. But uh, yeah, that night made everything was black and white after that night. I, you, you bought tickets to Game Six prior to Derek Fisher's shot, right? Was the series two-two going into Game Five? It was uh, yes, two-two going into Game. Okay, five. so there was going to be a Game Six no matter what. But that was yes. six would be the clincher because of Fisher's shot in Game Five. Correct, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So when you're buying those tickets for Game Six, these are guys like they don't have confidence that the Lakers are gonna win the series or did you did you did you buy them at a low price or uh, no we all we paid the season seat holders a premium for games like that okay so they were fine you know making uh money and uh foregoing the game yeah okay but after that shot i mean that game just hype. skyrocketed in price lots and, of and, hype yeah and, and honestly if we kept the tickets uh, and sold it the following day not that same night uh we would have even made more money because that next day was just absolutely more insane. wow yeah. wow yeah. even bigger yeah wow now, you, this is back in 2002. Let's fast forward to 2020, mm-hmm. uh, March through February, 20 to 21. Where, at what point did you guys think that you might lose your business? Oh, right off the bat. I mean, for me, it was right off the bat because uh, when, we, when we gave out all those refunds, I mean, there was no clarity as to when live events would return. And after we dished out those refunds, I mean, uh, we let all of our employees go. We, you know, they went on unemployment. Uh, We actually went on unemployment, too. So all of us were on unemployment with no answer as to, you know, when live events are going to come back. Obviously, the government helped with the EIDL, I think, was the first thing that we applied for. But that was that was kind of like okay, we shut down your business. You can't do anything. Here's some crutches, you know, mm-hmm. because that EIDL loan, that disaster loan was, you know, meant to be up to uh, 2 million was the cap. But then when this hit, the, right off the bat, they reduced the cap to 150,000. And uh, if if they had kept the 2 million cap, we would have obviously gotten more than the 150,000 we got. So uh, the 150,000 honestly wasn't enough because we have a lot of overhead. You know, obviously that helped a little bit, but not, to get to us where we are now it's been 13 months without revenue so we started a a plan and uh we started you know lowering our expenses the the first thing we did was brother got out of his um he was living in downtown and we were using his uh apartment as a second office for the staple center events because it was right across the street from staple center that was the first thing uh, we got out of that lease the next thing was trying to get out of our office lease because we had uh, two years left in our office lease i reached out to them in april and told them this is our situation we have no idea when live events are going to come back but we're not using the space we have no employees we have no business uh, we need to get out of this. Could you help? At that, at that point, they didn't want to help us at all. You know, they wanted to stick to the contract. And, and they said, you know, yeah, you still have two years. And just pretty much left it at that. I think it was uh, it was later on down the line because I was trying to explain to them, look, you know, sports are going to come back without fans. And at that time, concerts were being pushed back till late 2020. They didn't hear me out. It was I think I had to get back to them in July when actually baseball, baseball started without fans. And then I reached out to our management company and said, look, baseball started without fans. This is going to be the case with every single sport. 
And then they uh, they actually looked at my request because like they saw that sports started without fans, and you know our business is selling tickets to live events. And then they realized, hey, this guy was right. How's uh, he going to generate any revenue? Yeah, with, yeah. So then they started negotiations with us, and uh, we came to terms with them where if we pay uh, four months uh, of our lease, they would uh, let us exit out of our two year lease. So uh, that that's what we did. That that helped a lot, but. Every day, I had a hard time sleeping every day because, like, you know, the bills didn't stop as far as the loans for the inventory, the credit card bills for the inventory. The, the teams didn't help us. The, the teams that we have season seats for and the venues that we have season seats for, they didn't help us. Um, you know, they didn't give us uh, any money back that we had invested uh, for, for the seasons. They just wanted to roll that over for the next year. So, uh, Every night I went to bed, it was kind of, it was very scary. It's still, it's still kind of scary, but at least there's some light at the end of, end of the tunnel now. But uh, at that time, every night, I didn't know what tomorrow would bring. And it was just constant survival mode every single day. It's still survival mode. But I tell you what, man, you know, there's this natural human instinct of, of survival and everybody has that in them. And that instinct kind of heightens through all that. And I learned a lot about myself going through all this. And we had a lot of friends that came out and said, why don't you guys file for bankruptcy and just be done with it? And no, man, that's not an option. You know, we worked on this for 15 years and to shut it down for something that we have no control over, it, it just definitely was an option. And people don't understand what you're going through. For most everybody, when COVID hit, everybody had the three, four weeks, whatever it was, staying at home. But then for the most part, everybody went to work. You just had to put on a mask. For us, that wasn't the case. You know, there's no work, no income. We're just sitting around doing nothing, waiting for live events to come back. Now, in terms of season seats, and you guys have to pay these invoices to all these teams, how many out-of-state season seats do you guys own? Out-of-state, we don't do much because, you know, there's so much here in, in our backyard. But we have a few here and there. I mean, seven, eight. Yeah. Most and how were they? Were they given refunds back? They were better than most of the local teams. The best local team was the Kings. They gave refunds back right away. Um, the Dodgers held on to the money as long as they can. The out-of-state was football. So football at that time was still planning to go on in September. Whether it was reduced capacity or not, they actually wanted to play. That's in, in certain states, though. Yeah. Ohio, Texas, Florida. Well, that was going to be the case because the schedule came out in May for football. And even the California teams had a schedule. But they didn't know if it was going to be with fans or not. So mm -hmm. they weren't refunding the money and they were just rolling it over. But when it got to a point where there was no fans, all that are the state teams that we subscribe to, they gave the money back right away. Oh, they did? Yeah. Once they knew it was going to be played without fans, the teams that they were going to do socially distanced seats, they kept the money and kind of put that towards credit for the new seats you had to pick. So that helped a little bit, the out-of-state guys. But the California teams just basically held most teams want to hold on part. to your money yeah except yeah. the kings the kings were you the have, best and we have no leverage they have your money what could you do yeah i've learned once you give money to somebody <laughs> it's hard getting you back <laughs> so yeah a lot of learning lessons through all this man a lot a how lot. many how many hours were you guys working prior to covid for me 60 hours was a slow week but 60 to 80 was the average um there's a couple of weeks in march when um we do that tennis tournament uh that, that, that two weeks I work, I work 100 hours a week mm -hmm. and yeah. this is seven days a week because events right. are all the time so yeah. it's not like you have a, a Saturday Sunday off yeah no Saturday no schedules. nights off 
no weekends off. This business is really time consuming, but, but we love it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been doing this for 17 years now and uh, we love it with a passion. And then that's why it was kind of hard for us to like give this up because as my brother mentioned, you know, everybody asks, I, I, first of all, I hate that question when people ask, what are you doing now? Did you get into something else? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. no, when you have a passion for something and you love what you do, you don't go into something else. You, it's your you, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we worked so hard for this. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't do something else you you maneuver you pivot and you try to find ways to get through this you know because it's not going to be like this forever look they're not going to play empty stadiums for the rest of our lives right yeah you know all these guys need the revenue they need people in the stands spending money on tickets spending money on concessions and even the teams need that fan support look at all the teams where you know they were upset when they didn't have fans in the stands it's not the same so any any competitors come by and ask you guys to sell to them uh, no, we had competitors that tried to sell, sell to, to us. us. Yeah. And, mm. you know, like my brother said, there was no clarity. We didn't know when live events were going to come back. So, so they wanted to get out. They wanted to get out. We probably could have gotten a sweet deal on yeah. it. We just didn't entertain the offer. Well, you guys were in a vulnerable position, man. Yeah. I didn't want to put tie up money on anything else. We just had to worry about our own business, let alone buying somebody else thankfully you guys live a conservative life too though you're not out spending and buying and well it's Sog's, Sog's face I don't know I'm pretty conservative my Sog's a little bit more of a spender yeah I, I love going to live events it's a passion of mine so I yeah. still spend money going to live events even during this pandemic and you know like the occasional Vegas trip here and there, but uh, <laughs> that's about it, man. I think those are my vices, you know? Yeah, that's not um, bad. Yeah, the thing that I want to kind of tap in here too and say, when you said, did you have anybody entertain, like to sell the business or buy a business? During that time too, during the pandemic, one thing that hurt us too the most too, the banks, the credit card companies, they caught on. So they knew our industry was hurting. And forget trying to get a loan, trying to get money, they cut all our limits in half. Mm. Yeah. So they cut all our spending limits. So if we had a credit card that was 50,000, it's down to 25 now. So you have no purchasing power. And you're looking at this and like, man, what did I do wrong? You know, and it, it, it just, there's nothing we could have done. And you're just, you know, you're just sitting around and saying, okay, what's the next step here? What do we do to get out of this? And, um, you know, that, that was like the toughest part too, when you, know, you have no purchasing ability at, at this point and still and still we don't have as much because those limits are still cut because you know we're behind on our credit card payments and uh we're behind a couple of months on our on our loan payments and we got you know that creditor calling us uh every day now uh but it, it was like strategic on our end too because because you know we want to extend the money that we currently have to as, as long as possible because you know we know there's no other government assistance coming in and uh, no other income coming in. So thank God that baseball started and we get some kind of revenue coming in. I mean, it's obviously very limited to what we used to do, but it, it's still something. So thank God for that. What did you guys learn throughout the process? I mean, one thing I did learn is probably to diversify because I know I told you, Mikey, earlier that I'm actually living in Florida right now. So right when this pandemic hit, I got on a plane and I went to Florida I spent six weeks there with my girlfriend and then I came back to California and I saw how different people treated COVID and how they were adapted to living with COVID completely different in Florida than it is in California. So 
my whole thing was to diversify our inventory. You know, we can't be so heavy based in Los Angeles, so heavy based in Southern California events. Because one thing I learned during this pandemic, if something like this were to happen again, the Southern states are going to move forward. The Southern states moved forward without a vaccine in place. And whereas the other states were kind of holding back, let's wait for this vaccine. And what if this vaccine took three to five years to come about? Were we all going to be in this funk for three to five years? So one thing I learned, the Southern states kept on moving forward and adapting. So as far as the business side of things, diversification, diversify in inventory. Let's just not be so heavily focused in one area. That's a good way to look at it, man. That's so true. That's so true because the way this state runs, California, it's a whole different animal than it would be in Florida and Texas. Completely different. Right now in Texas, they're playing at 100% capacity. No vaccine requirement, no negative COVID test requirement. You know, if you're not comfortable with that, their mentality is stay at home. And their numbers are going down. In and the their States. numbers are going down. Florida, they thought the Super Bowl was going to be a super spreader event. Yeah. I had so many people come to Florida from LA, from these lockdown states, and they had a blast the week they were there. And it turned out not to be a super spreader event like everybody thought. Are you trying to buy tickets in those states now? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've diversified, um, got gotten good with a couple of contacts with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So uh, got some seats there. Got a couple of college teams in Florida. So, yes, absolutely. Nice. What about you, Seth? I mean, the one thing I learned, I mean, I've always been pretty conservative when it comes to money, and uh, this even instilled more of that in me, you know, because you never know if something like this will ever happen again. And uh, media says there's help and whatnot, but really, you know, we've been through this. The help that the government gives is nothing, especially like if you're running a you know, successful business where it requires more money, more capital, more inventory. Everything is on your own. I mean, we, you know, we went through a lot, a lot, and we're still going through a lot because uh, there, there's no help out there. You just got to look out for your own. And uh, I mean, I've always been pretty conservative. I think I'll be way more conservative moving forward. And then, uh, you know, we obviously like use this time to implement new things in, in our line of work too, to be a little bit more streamlined with uh, how it everything's going to be in the future. Use this time to make changes and, you know, obviously personal changes too, you know? So well, having, talking about personal changes, you were doing uh, beach days on like a random yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. And I, I think, I think, uh, that's how you live it up right there. Yeah. And I think the way this industry went, cause everything's online now mobile, I'll still keep those beach days, oh, yeah. you know, it, uh, yeah, I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. You need that to decompress this, this, this industry is really crazy. It, it's a lot of ups and downs. It's a lot of taking risk every day. We're taking risk every day. We're gambling, you know, and, and sometimes I don't care how good you're at what you do, you know, those, those risks don't pay off, you mm-hmm. know, it's a 24 seven stock market. That's yeah. what I tell everybody. Never stops. You know, if you're a day trader, you're probably shutting down when the market closes. This never stops. We're constantly looking for inventory. We're constantly adjusting prices. You know, I could be on a plane, train, car, don't matter. I'm always on my phone trying to look for inventory and trying to manage our inventory. Texas, Florida, those guys welcome brokers like like yourselves? Absolutely. Because we're talking about prior pre-show about San Diego not wanting guys like you. Right now during the pandemic, every state hurt. So they wanted money they wanted new money because mm. people were still scared look during football but why do you think the padres a team like the padres don't want brokers i just think they don't want visiting fans in their arena that's all i think it is 
I don't think it has anything to do with so much of the resale aspect of it. It just they don't want visiting team fans in their arena. And they made a strong stance during the Dodgers series too. But hey, you saw there was a lot of Dodger fans out there. If the fans want to go out to a visiting ballpark, they are. Yeah, they'll figure a way out. They'll figure a way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And nothing's going to stop people like us from finding ways to resell a ticket. No matter how many restrictions or protocols there are, you know. Guys aren't in this industry have always have ro- you know seen roadblocks. And- you know, it's funny to me too how teams they always go through cycles, as you know, high, low, always. It's rare when you get a team like the Patriots who are good for two decades. It's funny though when teams are on top, they act real macho and they act real big, and they tell you to kind of go away. Yeah, we don't want you Dodger, right now. Dodgers are like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. When they're on the top, when they're, there's nobody around and it's the Frank McCourt days yeah. or the Padres, what they were doing the last 50 years, you know, nobody's going to their games. They would love guys like you, welcome guys like you to buy their tickets because they can't sell them. It's so funny, though, when the cycles are up, right? how arrogant they get. Right. You know? And that's terrible in any kind of relationship because during the bad times, they, they need you. Yeah. They need you, and uh, they ride you during the bad times. You take the losses. They don't. Yeah, the Dodgers are a perfect example. When they won the uh, World Series and let go of all the ticket brokers that had, had seats. Before, when they were a lousy team, the guy that runs the head of the ticket department used to go to every single ticket convention in Vegas every single year, and his pitch to the ticket brokers was, we have the biggest MLB stadium in the U.S. We need your help. We need your help to sell seats. And they would sell seats, no limits, no restrictions to any ticket broker anywhere in the U.S. How many seats you wanted. And these were the lousy years. You prior, know? prior to this new uh, ownership? Prior to the World Series. Prior okay. to the new ownership. Yeah. So like McCourt days? Are we talking Frank Ma- McCourt? Yeah. McCourt okay. days. Yeah. Okay. And as soon as they won, I kid you not, after that first World Series, the, after they went to the first World Series. They went. They didn't win. They didn't they win. win. They went. Yeah. yeah. That summer, the organization came up with this new thing where they're going to drop all the ticket brokers. And it was tons of seats that the ticket brokers were, were holding for Dodger Stadium. What percentage do you think? Oh, uh, what percentage do you think, Sog? I would say 20, 25,000 seats. Wow. Yeah, probably uh, even more than that. Probably more. Yeah, so probably half more. the stadium brokers own. Yeah. Easily. 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 Yeah. I would say 50% Holy if you want a percentage. Shit. Yeah. Easily. And the Dodgers hold Six. how many, you think? Oh, I, I don't know how much the Dodgers have as house seats. Yeah. Like 5,000? Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. about 30,000 or so. Yeah, we're in the hands so of you're, brokers. So about 15,000 are season ticket holders? Is that about right? Well, I, I guess the random. brokers are season ticket holders. Yeah, too. the yeah. brokers are season ticket But yeah. if you want season ticket holders that, that aren't brokers. resell, that aren't brokers, yeah. Okay. I would say that's a yeah. accurate number. Yeah. And so now it's... We don't want you guys around, right? Did they did they invite you guys back into buying seats or no? No, not yet. Same thing, huh? No. Yeah. What they did was they actually found one broker. Mm. It's called consolidation. So you find one basically big broker who takes your inventory, and they have a profit split in place, whatever that percentage is. So they found a guy to do that, and basically, if you're a fan, that's hurting the fan because now you're creating somewhat of a monopoly. When one person or one team controls a big portion of the inventory. So that's what the Dodgers are doing. It's basically, you know, one seller that controls a big chunk of the inventory and listed on all the different sites, StubHub, Vivid, and they have some kind of profit split in place. And the funny thing is they didn't give that business to a, a local company or individual here in uh, California. They gave it to a Houston broker. Ironically, really? after, you know, the Losing World Series the of the, the Astros. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. What did you guys think when StubHub came around? And you're in that industry and you were there prior to StubHub. Yeah, it helped right? It helped us tremendously because obviously we didn't have an internet presence. So StubHub gave us an internet presence because all these exchanges, StubHub, VividSeeds, SeatGeek, they're all exchanges. They're like uh, what Amazon is to, to retail. Hmm. You know, Amazon has no inventory, nor does StubHub, Vivid, or SeatGeek. They rely on guys like us that take the risk to take the risk of inventory uh, to list on uh, their exchanges but not as great as in terms of margins though right um so okay it, it, yeah yeah it, in some events it helped the margins some events mm. it didn't because before okay. the internet it was like the wild wild west kind of you mm. kind of could charge whatever you want for a ticket the customer really couldn't search online for a ticket and, and figure out no within presence. seconds yeah what a ticket is worth Transparency, that's yeah, what transparency. brought to the marketplace. Definitely transparency and some sort of trust. They've always been the number one place, I think, to buy tickets from a consumer standpoint. Consumers trust the brand. They spend a lot of money on online advertising. So it brought transparency definitely to the marketplace and like consumer confidence to buy on there. You guys got killed. Can you imagine what they did? Yeah. 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 I, there was talks through brokers around the country that StubHub might go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they were, sure. I mean, especially when they're holding on to the money all these guys thought that they they need the money that's why they were holding on to uh customers money for like six months for sure yeah yeah because i mean there was a time too that even us we owed StubHub money because on all these canceled events postponed events some guys ran imagine if you own StubHub, let's say whatever a million dollars that's a three million dollars if you mm. want to run mm. if you don't care for your business or your name mm. some guys took the money and ran yeah. hey tell me about that story in san diego this last weekend Oh, yeah. Padres. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, prior to that, I, I was, well, you told me the story, and then I'm going to I'm gonna set you up with, with my own story. Uh-huh. One of my employees had nothing to do that weekend. Dodgers are in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I think I'm going to go you know, take a ride down there. He said, but I went on the Vivid Seats, and it said you need a COVID test, a negative right. test, or a vaccine. And I said, no, you're outside. You're in California. Dodgers don't require it. Angels don't require it. You should be fine. Call the Padres. Calls the Padres, and the Padres are like, no, no, you're fine. You don't have to do that. Wow. And, then, and then your story came yeah. I was like, it's mike about halfway through the show here i hope you're enjoying it as much as i did having this conversation with them if you are please go on apple podcast and leave me a review and a five-star rating because it makes me feel good and i think these episodes are now starting to help people we're starting to gain some momentum and when you make that review and when you give us a five-star review it helps us in terms of ranking so you just simply go on apple podcast you search mic'd up pod and you leave a nice review. Let's get back to the conversation with the brothers. I, I can't believe the Padres said that because, yeah, definitely some sections, uh, the Padres are requiring either a negative COVID test within 72 hours of the game or uh, vaccination proof. And I found this the hard way because, um, you know, Sunday morning, uh, last Sunday I woke up, uh, I didn't have anything to do. It was a beautiful day to be outdoors. I tell my dad, let's take a drive down to San Diego. Let's go to a game. Like I said, we don't do anything with the Padres, so we don't have any inventory. So I just go up on StubHub. And uh, I know that they have these protocols on some specific sections. So I was just looking at some seats. The, the There was a couple of seats that I liked. It was right behind home plate, all seats. I'm like, I'm going to get these. It wasn't listed as being a uh, section where you need uh, negative COVID tests or vaccination proof. So I'm like, I got it. And so there's is- certain sections only, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So this is like 9 30, 10 in the morning. I get the seats and uh, we drive down to San Diego. 
And then uh, while we're driving down there, my brother calls me. He's like, I think those seats that you got might be in that section where they require negative tests or vaccination proof. I'm like, why do you say that? Because it's like I was looking on StubHub and th- there's seats right above you listed that's saying that need- needs that protocol. I'm like, all right, it's too late right now. You know, I'm driving down there and we'll figure out once we get there. So we go there and uh, at the gate, okay, th- there might be some problems, but you know, we at the gate, they scan the ticket. Nobody asked anything. I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe the, the protocols are protocols, but they're not enforcing it. But then I try to go down to the section where my seats are in. And um, there's only one aisle to get down there. And as soon as I'm walking down the aisle, the usher stops me. He's like, do you have a wristband? I'm like, no, I don't have a wristband. What's a wristband for? He's like, you need a vaccination proof or a negative COVID test to sit in that section. And I said, I didn't know about that. He's like, go see that guy. He has the wristbands. So we go. Obviously, I'm not vaccinated and I don't have a negative COVID test. But my dad's 75 years old and he has a vaccination proof. So they give, you know, my dad shows him his card. They put a wristband on him. I tell the guy, I, I don't have a negative COVID test for you and I'm not vaccinated. So what do I do? He's like, you can't sit here, go to guest services. So I go up to guest services and uh, this little kid's up there, you know, trying to help me. <laughs> I, you know you mean, it's not going to be si- good. You mean the scientist <laughs> who knows everything? You know, you know it's not going to be good when it's a 20-year-old kid that you're trying to get help from. <laughs> so I explained him my situation and um, I told him I bought tickets on StopUp. I told him I spent $730 on two seats and I took the two-hour drive down here. We don't want to miss a game. It's already bottom of the first and I asked him, what could you do for me? And right off the bat, he puts the blame on StubHub saying that, you know what, these third-party sites, they're not labeling those sections as, an, uh, you know, needing uh, proof. And uh, he didn't want to take responsibility for it. So, um, you know, what's the other solution that I have? And the next thing he says is, you know, we have a COVID test center downstairs. You could pay $20 and uh, get a response within 20 minutes. And if you come negative, you could sit in your seats. Then that's in the stadium. That's in the you can, stadium. You can get a rapid test for 20 yeah. bucks. And you have to pay for it. And you have to pay for they it. They don't pay for it. Okay. You have to pay 20 bucks to get it. And I, and I said, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. Because, uh, you know, I'm a healthy individual. I've never taken a COVID test through all this. And, and I won't right now. I asked him what the alternative is. And he turned around and said, well, you could be escorted out. Wow. Yeah. That kind of pissed me off, you know. And then I kind of turned it a little bit political. And, uh, and I told him, no, that's communist shit. You know, we <laughs> come from communist countries and you always have to have, have options. You're telling me I have to take a negative COVID test to sit in this section or I'm being escorted out. I'm like, no, wait, that's communist shit. This is America. You can't do that. And literally within a second, another guy's behind me now, you know, that came out of the mm-hmm. booth and he's asking me if I wanted to be escorted out. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I turn around and to him and now I'm having a conversation with this guy. I told him, and I tell him, no, I don't want to be escorted out. If I want to be escorted out, I have two feet. I could exit on my own. I asked him, I want you to find me a solution. And I told him our story. And uh, the next thing he obviously says is, well, you could go get a COVID test, you know, pay $20 and come back negative and you could use those seats. So the, you know, the, they're pushing this really, really hard. And then I stop him and tell him, listen, that's your protocol at Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium. They don't require this because because he tried to get in and say California law is this. And I cut him off and I said, no, California law is not that. California law is 33% capacity and all you need is a mask. I told him, you guys are trying to generate more revenue by 
uh, doing 67% in specific sections. That's your policy, the Padres policy. And you guys are forcing customers to either have a negative COVID test or vaccination proof to sit in the 67% sections. And when I said that, he shut up and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And I told him, yes, that's the business side of it. And how ironic it is that those 67% sections are like the best seats in the house right behind home plate. So they generate more revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, he didn't do anything for me. He couldn't find me other seats. We ended up, you know, watching the game like uh, behind the aisles. Uh, behind, standing up. Standing up. Yeah. You didn't, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And you spent 800 bucks? Yeah. It's like $730. Yeah. yeah. But the good stand thing. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is like with the relationship that I have uh, with uh, with Step Up and the business with, we do with them, I reached out to my Step Up and told them my story mm-hmm. and uh uh, yeah, he's going to push the refund through for us. So that's oh, good. good on Stop Up is end. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Sahag, you read this thing right away from day one. You took off to Florida. Day one. Why is that? I got on playing. Florida wasn't locked down at that time. And I said, what month was this? Uh, it was March, right Ooh. when we wow. shut down right away. Like the, the like March 20 something. Before that. Damn, dude. Because yeah, we got hit, what, down. the 14th or 15th of March? Yeah, the NBA shut down. Wow. And I think three days later, I was on a flight because we started doing wow. refunds. And I'm like, this isn't looking good. And, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be here. Let's give refunds to our customers. And after that point, there's no reason to be here. My girlfriend was living in Florida at the time. And I just told my parents, I'm going on a plane. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'll let you know. And they were like, no, 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 where are you going? Aren't you scared? COVID this, COVID that. I'm like, no, I'm not scared. I'm perfectly fine. Got on a plane, spent six weeks there, came back to California, saw how people were living here with COVID compared to there. Like my brother said earlier, got out of my lease in downtown LA and pretty much uh, started living there in uh, July. And I saw the writing on the wall. I saw them shutting down. And as strict as California is, I didn't see anything opening up here anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't like being stuck indoors. I don't like government telling me where I can and can't go. And Florida's not like that. It's way looser. Disney World has been open since July. Disneyland just opened up. That goes to show you. And again, like Texas, their numbers are all going down. Going down. And Florida has a heavy, heavy elderly population. And the numbers are going down. And... I love DeSantis. He handled this thing perfectly. He didn't penalize the 30, 40 year olds. You know, he protected the most elderly and let the people who aren't so much at risk when it comes to COVID pretty much live their life. I tell all my friends back here, man, since July, everything is open in Florida. You want to go to a bar, it's open. You want to go to a restaurant, 100% capacity. You want to go live entertainment, football, open. Basketball, open. Baseball, that sounds like open. America. No COVID tests required. Yeah, that is America. No COVID tests required. No proof of vaccination required for any event. Any event. You guys ever think this thing's coming back? Like, and and if it does, how long do you think it's gonna be until it comes back completely full, one hundred percent? Well, right now, I always look at the concert scene and um, concerts. By the end of the year, full blown, full capacity. By the end of twenty twenty one, like. 20, um, 21. Are yeah, we in Q4? 2021 or now? Yes. Yeah, we're in 21. <laughs> Q, yeah. So Q4 2021, uh, maybe even Q4 before Q4, like uh, late August, early September. Because if we could have full-blown concerts, 
full capacity, could have anything. You think that's going to happen? Yeah, in, yeah. Indoors? Indoors, correct, yes. What, what states? Here, here in California. In other California. states, uh, yeah, other states might be sooner, but with a mask or no mask? Yeah, that's the question that these guys don't know. I always try to get that answer from uh, you know the venues that we work with. With a vaccine, without a vaccine? I don't think so right now. Like these guys think, no, that vaccination proof and the negative COVID testing that's temporary right now. They think. I I think by summertime we'll see that protocol being dropped. So you know, there's. Concert scheduled for late summer, late August in at Staples Center and at the Forum and all these indoor venues here in the Southland. So I, I think that protocol would be dropped by then because by that time, the numbers are going to be so low. More people are going to be vaccinated. So the industry feels that it's going to be safe having full capacity indoor events. The only thing that they don't know yet is the mask or, or uh, uh, without a mask. But my thing I always tell people is, Gosh, like at concerts when the lights go down, nobody's going to be enforced. It's hard to enforce if anybody's wearing a mask Same or not. Same Dodger Stadium. I don't know if you guys have gone yet, but yeah. you walk around Dodger Stadium, you wear it, you sit at your seat, you take it off. Yeah. It's like sitting at a restaurant. Right. right. You're, you're already socially distanced. So exactly. What's the point of so a mask? So why am I going to wear a mask? Yeah. yeah. Right. Nonsense. Uh, so June 15th, supposedly, they're, right. they're going to lift a lot of these orders here in California. That's the date. Yeah. I'm curious about the mask mandate, though. Uh, it looks like, I mean, I personally think the mask mandate will stay. I do too. Yeah. I, yeah. Do too. I, I mean, it's a shame because uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of these masks, but uh, it looks like that'll stay. It's a, nobody knows when that will be lifted, that mask mandate. And uh, at 100% capacity, though, if we get to that, it's going to be tough to enforce. The mask the yeah. mask mandate. One usher every aisle. How yeah. can you enforce you don't. when you have, let's say, 200 people in every section? It's going to be extremely tough to enforce. It, you know, at Dodger Stadium, it's like back in the day, the ushers were looking for the beach balls. Right. Now they're looking for people with masks or not. Right. Like, yeah. Dude, why? Ba- what? Baseball, luckily with baseball, baseball has been pretty lax on that. It's yeah. the NBA that's real strict with the mask. And uh, during football season, the NFL was real strict with the mask, too. You guys got the email from the NHL and the NBA about yes. the requirements, the you know vaccine or the negative test and all that stuff. What did you guys tell your reps? I completely went off on the reps because <laughs> you know I, I've seen both sides. Like I said, I've seen the California side and I've seen the Florida side. And I told my rep, listen, I've been to over 10 live sporting events in six different states during this pandemic. It was at a time there was little to no vaccines and COVID was at a greater risk than now. Now most of your people have been vaccinated that are in danger. And I said, no state, no venue during that time required these rules of proof of vaccination or negative COVID tests. How come you guys are requiring it now? And they don't really don't give you a straight answer. They just say, hey, we're following protocol, CDC requirements, and LA County requirements. And that's where they leave it at. And it's just absurd. And I think you know, California and New York are the only states that are requiring these rules. I mean, the seats are already socially distant and mass required. Personally, to me, it makes no sense because let's take a, a Staples Center, for example. I could go into Regal Cinemas in LA Live, no uh, vaccination proof required or no negative COVID tests. It's mask and socially distanced seats, same as Staples Center, but I can't go across the street and watch a game at Staples Center. I need proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. 
What's the difference between the two, Mikey? Both are two and a half hours and socially distancing. What about no you? Got, you, What about the uh, eating? You have to order from this app or online, and then you have to eat outside with a bunch of people around. Right. How, how does that make sense? It doesn't. Guys, we can eat here. We're socially distanced. There's nobody around me now. Now I'm going to go outside and eat with somebody that I don't know. And we're kind of going to be around each other. I think they just don't want you to take off the mask when you're in the seats. That's all it is. But it makes no sense to congregate in an area and take off your mask and eat. Dodger Stadium was the worst. Opening day, you had to order online. There was probably a crowd of 100 people in this area waiting for their food. So when I ordered my food, I was socially distanced. Now I'm not socially distanced <laughs> right. because I'm around everybody waiting for the same line. Crazy. Day one, it was gone. Yeah. They yeah. axed it. Day two, it was a whole different story. I went day two and the concession stands were wide open and nobody was ordering it. There was four ladies waiting for somebody to come up and order from them. Yeah. yeah. Dude, a disa- like these, this, the health, de- LA health department is a disaster. Yeah. And a disaster. disaster. Have you seen the lady who's in charge of this? No. Oh my yeah. God. Have you seen her? Yes, I have. Oh my God. <laughs> You're, you think she's healthy? Uh, you think no. she knows any? You think she's ever had an apple in her life? <laughs> Probably not. Dude, seriously, man. Yeah. If you see this lady and she's in charge of the health department in Los Angeles right. and all these states, it's not right. just LA, like all these, or uh, it's not just California. A lot of these states, these people are, they're obese. They're disgusting. And look, it's not judged a book by its cover. But in this case, if you're talking to me about health and you're obese, I'm going to judge you. Correct. Sorry. I'm going to judge you. So, you know, and it it goes from 30% capacity in restaurants. It goes from when they closed all restaurants down completely, only takeout, no, no outside, and all the numbers went up. Right. So... These are factual numbers, man. It's not science anymore. Like we're talking numbers, and it, it just it it drives me nuts, man. It really drives me nuts because they do really stupid off the wall stuff. Yeah, the funny thing is that people believe it. That's the scary thing. They do. Yeah, and they're controlling us. Yeah, that's the other part, man. Right, they're controlling what we can and cannot do. Yeah, what people country should are sta- we in? I know people should stand up and. Uh, it's a very few percentage of people trying to stand up and uh, and be proactive about this. People from Russia, there's people from China, there's people from Cuba, yeah. there's people from all types of different countries who fled to America because this was the land of free. Right. And a lot of them, if you hear interviews, they feel like they're back home again. And, they, right. and they'll say, this is the start of it. Like, this is how they get you to become a communist country. Correct. And a lot of these politicians straight out admit that they are communist. Right. <laughs> and these people vote them in. Right. Like, uh, it's scary what the future holds. It's woo. absolutely scary. I feel like California is the guinea pig. Yeah. Because I... California, New York, yes. The way California goes, the kind of the rest of the country goes. And I, I feel like with this vaccine and the negative test stuff, trying to get into these establishments, I feel like California is like, hey, let's see if we can get them to do this. Right. Yeah. And if we can, then the rest of the country can lead this way. They're definitely pushing the envelope look think about way back when have you ever na- needed medical records to attend a live event or anything else never I mean, never what are we doing man absurd what are we doing you know in the hospital I, i've got a family member who's on the board at the hospital in january the numbers were 113 covid patients at the hospital 113 covid patients that's high today there's one covid patient at yeah. the local hospital so okay guys come on man like it, it was a it was a flu it was a it was a really bad flu it spread really right. well i think we're done with this flu i yeah, think hopefully. it's time to move on nobody's Tr- questioning the virus isn't there it's there yeah. you know are yeah. these strict lockdowns the right thing 
Probably not. Don't want to change the subject here, but I just got a text from somebody and I verified it. Mm. Dodgers offering fully vaccinated fan sections on Saturday. So the Dodgers are going that route too. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to bring in, so they're going to increase their revenue because they can have more people. More people. So they're following the Padres, you know, concept. No way. Yeah. Yeah, How many so, more people do you think? I'm, I'm sure the 67%. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Better not be my section, man. <laughs> I ain't showing proof for that. Yeah. And it's, and it's strange. Like, if, if this is the future, right? You know, if we're going to have this segregation, right, of people being vaccinated sitting there and yeah. non-vaccinated people sitting on the opposite side. That's division. Nuts. Division. That's yeah. division. Those man. guys are going to be pointing at the non-vaccinated. Oh, look at those guys. Those guys aren't vaccinated. You know, those. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely I can't crazy. believe that. If this is the future of live wow. events. Yeah. Wow. You know, Did you guys tell the Lakers, Clippers, and Kings to kind of screw off? No thanks? I mean, I kept my uh, emails to them pretty simple. I just emailed my rep saying, I don't like the protocols. Let me know when these protocols get dropped. That's it. Yeah, same. Same. I just, you know, I was a little bit more aggressive in my stance because I said I've attended all these different live events and not one venue required these things and you guys are required. I just said it's absurd. I will not attend till these uh, protocols are lifted. You think they're hurting? You think they're hurting right now? Are they getting, you know, quote unquote sellouts? I think so because if you look at, you know, the Staples Center, um, you know, their Instagram page, they got a lot of backlash because of all this. Definitely, they definitely are. Are they getting thirty percent? Ten percent. Yeah, that's all Staples Center is right now. Ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah, they're doing twenty two hundred. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So gosh. you think you would feel really safe even without these vaccination uh protocols. Ten oh percent. And I think I think I was reading something. Movie theaters are more than that right now. I think beginning of April they allowed movie theaters in in LA County, if I'm not mistaken, to go up to fifty percent. Mm. So what is the difference going into a movie theater as opposed to Staples Center? You're in there for the same longevity, two and a half hours for a movie, games probably three hours. It's probably you know? worse than a movie theater because it's a smaller venue too. Smaller, right? Yeah. yeah. And at ten percent capacity, you know where movie theaters are more. Mm-hmm. You think you feel completely safe, completely. I'll tell you, I am going to get spoiled because Dodger Stadium. I it takes me, you know, from the gate to my seat. It'll probably take me twenty five minutes, twenty minutes. It takes me two and a half minutes now. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. Leaving, yeah. leaving takes me. 40 seconds yeah wow. there's nobody there like dude it is so nice parking i get any spot i you want, want. Yeah. oh my god yeah. yeah it's so nice so like when when people start to come yeah. back again it's, i'm gonna get but that's me. probably the only positive thing out that's of it. all this right that's yeah it. yeah the that's short it. lines and the concessions and the that's short it. drive home that's yeah. about it exactly yeah because you're an avid fan i'm sure you miss like high-fiving the guy next to you you know and talking sports with the guy next to you oh, for sure yeah it was funny because that i i it hit my mind you know because usually you kind of look around this cool guys who were you yeah. know cheering for your the same team you want to kind of high five some random dude it feels good sometimes yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody was looking for that yeah it's crazy <laughs> you know turner hit that home run in the opening day and you kind of want to you know yeah. somebody looking around for some yeah <laughs> nobody look- not not in california <laughs> we still high five in the south and we still shake hands oh man yeah it's wild it's crazy what it's become wild times i i don't believe what we went through I feel like there was a, a master plan and I it's I, kind of being executed right now. Yeah. You guys think this is the beginning of something bigger? I certainly hope not. I yeah. certainly it gets back to the way it was. I certainly hope not. Yeah, the new normal they call it. Right. I hope not too. I just think, you know, like my brother said, people need to stand up and voice their opinion, whether it be on social media platforms, 
because these teams are these organizations they are listening they definitely are listening like two days ago they changed the bag policy at staples center saw that yeah i'm sure because people didn't like the current policy that was in place yeah you definitely just gotta voice your opinion florida doesn't require masks there's no mask mandate. No. What, what happens when you get back here to California and you got to wear a mask? I, I, I don't. <laughs> I try not to. I mean, when um, you say you don't, like where places you have to and you won't get served, what do you do? Right. Like I never wear it outside. You know, over here when I get to California, I realize everybody's wearing a mask. Like as soon as I landed at the airport, the first thing I did was take off my mask. And I started walking around with no mask even inside the airport. And when I got outside, I still was the only person not wearing a mask outside. Um, what do I do? I, I push the envelope me personally because I try to see what their stance is going to be. If they tell me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, you know, and, but I, I push the envelope. Um, some places are a little bit more lenient. Some places they're not, but you know, it is what it is. You know, I abide by the rules. You know, if they want me to put a mask, I'll, I'll put a mask, but it's different in Florida. It's, it's way looser. Um, I went to a Rays game not too long ago. Yeah. You know, I was getting into the entrance over there supervisor saw me with no mask on all i said was sir you have a mask i'm like yep it's in my pocket have a good day and i started walking hmm. went to my seat no mask nobody said nothing nice yeah. Wait, so sir. at those venues you have to wear a mask when you, you walk in you do you do it's just a matter They're of who lenient. you get they're much more lenient they are much more lenient mm-hmm. you know like my brother said the nba and the nfl they're much more strict the nba is very strict all the games i attended in florida uh whether it be the orlando magic um the uh Toronto Raptors, which are playing in Tampa now, you do have a mask on. Soon as you put the mask off, even if you're eating and drinking, and you even have a drink in your hand, but you're not sipping, they'll look at you and say, "Put on your mask." Mm-hmm. It's real easy to spot, you know, because you're only at you know twenty percent capacity. What's your honest feelings about the future for you guys in the business? You feel good about it? I do. I do. I hope that these vaccination requirements will not be there. But as far as we do see the trend, as far as picking up, people are eager to go out, enjoy themselves, go to live events. We saw the big push when the Dodgers happened. People are still excited to go out, do things. I, I do see the positive. I do see it bouncing back. It might not happen this year. You know, what we think is normal, what we thought was normal, it probably won't happen this year. But I think by the end of next year, or 2022, it should all be back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we got through the worst part. We got through the storm. I mean, the, the summer was nuts trying to get through, you know, no income coming in, no live events happening. And, uh, you know, it was 12 months of uh, no live events with fans, no income coming in. So we got through the brunt of it. it yes, it, it nearly wiped us out. And uh, in, in the short term, it's going to be uh, tough here in the short term. But the outlook looks really positive because um, with uh, limited amounts of uh, live events scheduled in the short term here, the prices are strong, the demand is strong. So if there's ever such a thing as pent up demand, it it, it does exist. Yeah. So people are excited uh, once it all comes back. You think there'll be a COVID-20 and a COVID-21 and a COVID-22? I certainly hope not because if they're going to do this every flu season or if something else pops up, I mean, guys like us will be killed. We can't go through another COVID or another flu or whatever yeah. they bring upon another us. Another shutdown. Yeah, another shutdown. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. We just can't. Yeah. Most yeah. businesses won't survive another yeah. shutdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No way. I, I, so I certainly hope we don't see that day. And I don't think we will. I don't think that we will. Whatever the uh, the agenda was or whatnot, I think... Uh, I, I think there's never. I think there's no more going back. It's just going to be moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. What's your guys' pursuit in life? 
Like when you wake up in the mornings and you, you think about your business, like what yeah. makes you go? I mean, obviously the business is a priority for both of us. I think, uh, you know, besides our health and our family, that's, that's number one. We have the same mindset when it comes to the business because, uh, you know, we both love taking risk and then this is a business where you're constantly taking risk and, uh, uh, you got to live life with risk. That's what makes you wake up in the morning. This business does that for us. You know, sure, we have a lot of ups and downs and you have to maneuver through the ups and downs. But uh, man, it's worth waking up for every morning. That's what makes us wake up. What you said? No, I agree. I couldn't have said it better. You know, I think, you know, this whole COVID situation, we learned a lot. You know, we learned a lot about ourselves and, you know, how to fight, you know. And, you know, we're still fighting. Yeah. We're still fighting. That's why, like, I mean, for me, not wearing the mask, when we talked about the mask, it's not a political statement for me. It's because I want people to stop wearing the mask so we could get back to normal sooner. And the people that understand the most are the people that their livelihoods were affected. I mean, I wake up every day and I'm thankful we're still here, you know, and kind of push and fight and uh, try to get back to normal. That's all. You know, you think you appreciate it more. Yeah, absolutely. How many competitors did you guys lose? Oh, a lot. A lot. Wow. I mean, yeah. Anybody I think that was kind of like older in age kind of used this to get out of the game. Did they sell the company or did they just fold? I mean, if you had inventory, you know, if your company's worth something, you carry lots of inventory. Yeah, they they tried to sell their uh, business and inventory. But, um, you know, some guys are just buy and sell. They don't hold on to inventory. They don't have long-term commitments like season seats with these teams and venues. So guys like that, exiting would be easy because, um, you know, if you don't have season seats, you don't have any long-term you don't have a long-term portfolio, it's easy to get out. You know, a lot of those guys got out. Got out. And, yeah. and some people ran, like I said earlier, because yeah. if you didn't want to refund customers and, it, you know, you had X amount of positive money in canceled events from, let's say, sales on StubHub, Vivid right. Seats, you took the money and ran, you know, yeah. and just kind of said, this is free money. I'll shut down shop. Nobody's going to come after me. The smaller guys, I'm sure there was a lot of smaller guys that did that. Kind of sucks for the consumer, but... um well, that's big for you guys. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, there's going to be less competition for on the sure. other end. I hate hearing that because it's not fair. It's not right. But where you guys sit, I mean, surviving this was very big. Huge. Very big. Huge. Yeah. I, I always tell my brother, I mean, if we get through this, we get through anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop us moving mm-hmm. forward. And this Nothing. isn't six months, four months, two months. Dude, this is 13 months yeah. of like of zero revenue? Zero revenue. Zero, zero, zero revenue, revenue and same expenses, yeah. essentially, you know? Yeah. It's, and uh, not, sheesh. you know, zero revenue and coming in and a bunch going out with all the refunds, you know? Because with all the refunds, we pretty much gave out everything that we made in quarter one. We gave out in refunds. Were you thinking about refining your house, selling yeah. cars? Like, yeah. did you think about any of that stuff? Yeah. I, I took out money from uh, my personal retirement account twice. I, I took mm-hmm. one out. It was September because I didn't know how long it was going to take. And uh, I didn't take, you know, a substantial amount, but I took some and, and that didn't last me. And I took another one out in uh, January because there's no clarity. We don't know when we're coming back. So talking yeah. like low five figures or um, no, almost six figures I took out. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to, you know, because like I said, same expenses. Yeah. yeah. Same expenses. Wow. Yeah. Now with me, yeah. the thing that helped me personally was before this, we, we sold the, the house that I was living in. You know, this is like December of 2019. You know, I wanted my full focus to be on 200% on work. And uh, I, I sold my house to come get an apartment across the street from our office so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be spending an hour each way in traffic going back home. 
and my whole attention was going to be on work. So I sold my house. It was December of 2019. And, uh, that helped me get through all this financially because the proceeds from that house, I, I lived off, you know, to get through these 13 months. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't, luckily, that's why I didn't have to tap into my retirement or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, this changed our lives upside down. How long do you think it'll take you guys to get back to where you were? That's a good uh, question. Yeah. I mean, if it depends how strong I think the buyers are as far as the buyer pool how um you know eager they are going to be to go to live events and what they're willing to pay and you know there's just a lot of factors and hopefully there's no other setbacks no other lockdowns shutdowns whatever it may be but i mean there's i don't think i have a time frame in mind because it's out of our control yeah it's definitely something out of our control does the supply and demand thing help where there's less supply and high demand yes right now we see for dodges it helps because uh it's keeping the prices high for baseball uh so yeah like if the team is good to do, you know with the dodgers just heavy demand and with the limited capacity it's keeping the prices uh really high once they up the capacity on the next tier so it goes up to 67 percent on the next tier so I, I feel you'll see prices come down for baseball once we get into that next tier so let, let's say if you didn't have your retirement fund you didn't mm-hmm. sell your house what would you guys do oh, that's a good would, question would, we get that question yeah. a lot i don't know man i don't know because i've been so out of the corporate america workforce let's say yeah. for like such a long time I, I think, you know, worst case scenario was, you know, my parents offered to uh, get a home equity line of credit on, on their home to mm. get, you know, if, if we needed it. So thank God up to this point, we needed we mm. didn't need it, but they offered that. Yeah. Because they're all in with us too. You know, yeah. this is uh, crazy how, yeah, no, you know, I mean, awesome. it's like, yeah, yeah. But I think that's what we would have done because they've always offered that as a backup. And, and until, still, to this day, that, that is still our backup if we need it. Because, uh, you know, you don't know what the future holds still. I don't think it never came in your mind that you guys want to do something else throughout this entire no, thing. No, never. Huh? Not one time. It was like, we're just going to make this thing happen. Absolutely. Like I said, when you love what you do and you have passion for what you do, nothing is going to come in your way. Not COVID, not not an obstacle you know you yeah you, you have op, you know obstacles will come in your way barriers will come in your way but find a way to get through those obstacles through those barriers i mean you'll put everything you have to, to 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 see the other side of this and that was our game plan since day one you know because we didn't know when you know we're gonna see the other side of this but we knew one damn thing that we are going to see the other side of this that's been our driving point through all this perseverance, passion. This is when you find out about your business. This is when you find out about yourself. Because when you go through something like this, you could have easily BK'd the business. You could have easily shifted into something else. They had the capital to do it at the time. They could have shut things down and put that money someplace else. Like he said, you got a passion for something, you're not going to stop doing it. You're going to find a way. That's exactly what they did. Find a way. See, these are real stories from people who the government has kind of um, stopped living. Literally, they stopped them from living. They couldn't do anything. Their hands were tied. They had to shut their business down for 13 straight months, guys. 13 straight months. This is the thing. If the government were in the same boat, they wouldn't have us shut down. This, This is the difference. Those clowns didn't miss a paycheck. Those government workers didn't miss a paycheck. So you, you don't mess with a person's pocket. You don't mess with their family. The government did both. 
Thank God these guys made it. Thank God these guys made it because they don't deserve to go through things like that. They did, and like you said, too, the positive, the outlook on this, hey, man, I found out about myself. I found out about a lot of things that I can do now. So, uh, But it's it's a trip because if those dudes in the government miss one month, one month of a paycheck, I guarantee you we wouldn't be shut down for this long. <laughs> okay? Uh, might be enough of my government talk. I don't know, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So hopefully we've all been woken here recently. Again, if you can leave a review at Apple Podcast, search Miked Up Pod, leave a review, leave a comment, five-star review. It helps us in our rankings. It's much appreciated. It makes me feel good. It helps the show. Others listen to it. Others grow. Others get better. That's what we're doing here. We're trying to grow and get better every day. Again, use that promo code for your next sporting event, concert, festival, that's GrandSlamTIX.com or 877-SLAMTIX. Use the promo code PODCAST. They will get you 15% off your next sporting event or concert. It's cool, man. We got some stuff coming back. Life is happening again. The country is reopening. Feels good, right? It feels good. You can't hold Americans down too long, by the way. Okay. I know they're trying, but you can't hold them down too long. If you can, uh, search me on Instagram at MikedUpPod. Follow me there as most of my content is there. You can also email the show, connect at MikedUpPod.com. I am Mike Gabriel. This was MikedUpPod. Until next time, folks, no wasted days. Let's go. Let's go.